everyone. Welcome back to the Esoterics Podcast. I am Fiorelise. And I am Joe. Today we're going to talk about the topic of picking your parents and other things we have a hard time understanding about the process of reincarnation. So it should be a good one today. Oh, I love that. It, right? Like why in the hell would some of us pick these crazy people to raise us? Right. I, right. Yeah. Right. Well, why, well, why do we pick such difficult names? It, <laughs> so <laughs> why, why do we, what, what were we thinking? Um, well, we're going to get into all of that today. Um, there's a lot to cover on this topic. We've got some Q and A's to answer from um, our podcast community. And yes. um, yeah, so it just all depends on um, length, but it's probably going to be a two-parter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what's new with you? Well, I think I told you a few episodes ago. So I joined some gardening groups on Facebook. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this about Facebook, but then it starts <laughs> to recommend more groups that are like the ones you're already in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I got uh, onto, it's called Edible Info, Wild Edible Plants. Oh, cool. Yeah. And but apparently I cannot escape the drama. The oh. drama is in every freaking group. So this one that popped up on my feed this morning, and I think it's gone now. This lady posted a picture of violets. Um, she was making like violet water, I think she thought. And she's and she had um guess what I'm doing? And then she's like pictures of her gathering the flowers and then the flowers sitting in water, and then there's like 400 comments on this thread all of them saying please don't eat that please don't drink that those are poisonous please don't consume that and then every other comment was like has she responded yet it's been 16 hours and oh my god the lady died she died. i don't know <laughs> she she's she dead <laughs> i don't even know so now. are violets um poisonous no so what she's saying is um or I think she maybe thought they were violets, but what they actually are are vinca minor and or a periwinkle. And those all parts of periwinkle are toxic, including the flowers. All right. Well, she she's probably dead. She that'll <laughs> teach her. Yeah. So uh, that's the latest uh, gardening group drama. Uh, Facebook groups, there are some, like, like you said, they'll recommend things, right? So if they recommend something and I'm interested in most of them, I just ignore because I, I hate mm -hmm. Facebook, but, but, um, a lot of times I'll go in and I'll check them out. Um, and it has caused me to join groups that I have no business being in simply because <laughs> of the nonsense that goes on. Remember the one I told you about, um, the one, the group called Mexicans who hate food. <laughs> mad at food. They're mad, mad at food. Yes, yes. Like, I'm, I'm in that stupid group too. <laughs> because I told you that group was hilarious. Oh my God. It cracks me up. And then there's like one called architect shaming and, um, it's one. That's it. That's it. I'm architects are shaming. Yes. Yes. I'm in that group too. Yes. yes. And did you see how the moderator posted pictures of churches with gay flags on them just to piss people off and, and weed out the racists? <laughs> no. It was so awesome. So um, I enjoy a good stupid Facebook group uh, that I don't have to be any part of other than to go and read, laugh, and bail. Yes. Yeah. Same. <clears throat> Same. All right. Well, there you go. Um, Facebook is a dumpster fire. 
It is, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm also, though, I think I'm going to start a new trend called TikTok Ruined by Nay. <gasps> you should. You should start a yeah. group. <laughs> because I keep I keep coming upon these videos. And the latest one, I had to do a reaction video to it. <sighs> this guy takes his rental apartment kitchen and he just goes nuts with vinyl paper with the um the drawer liner yeah paper yeah Yeah, the shelving shelving liner he starts he says he's trying to create warmth in his kitchen and he adds he sticks this there's stickers man he puts stickers (laughs) on his tile to make it like a checker a checkered pattern Mm -hmm. it's tell me you don't mop your floors without telling me you don't mop your floors because it's a sticker dude and then he takes wood color shelving liner and he puts it over his countertop. He covers his countertops with no, it. No, and 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 I hate wood countertops unless it's an actual cutting board. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless it's real. Yeah. And oh my God. All right. Ugh. Well, and yeah. and of course, you know, listen, y'all, she's mad because she's a kitchen designer and knows better. <laughs> There's some oh better my way. God. Just don't, just don't do it. I mean, really, if you have to, line the inside of the drawers with it. Like, put it where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Take, um, here's an idea. Take the door off of the cabinet, off the wall cabinet. Line the entire inside of it with that wood paper, plastic paper stuff, and put some pretty dishes in it. Mm-hmm. Now you've got this like open look cabinet with that wood tone, but you're not ruining the surface and you're not going to have to worry about putting hot food on top of this piece of plastic later on. Mm-hmm. See, all so, great ideas. Ones I never would have thought about, although I've never would have thought about lining my counters or doors with um, you know, <laughs> contact paper. Um, I don't even like to put contact paper in my drawers. I have... Um, it's like this, it's not rubber, but it's like hard plastic, like lined. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I have those in the bottom of all my drawers. Yeah. Um, because these drawers are, of course, I live in an apartment or it's like a townhouse. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. all like subpar quality, you know, just particle mm-hmm. board, but they're, they've got that white paint over them and that white paint chips and it gets on yes. all of my, um, all of my utensils, which just makes me so mad because I don't like gross stuff. And yeah, that's yeah. paint chips on my utensils that I have to scrub after every use. So I thought, put this down. It doesn't help at all, but um, it's yeah. easy to pull it out and toss it and rinse it um, yes. and then put it back yes. in the drawer. So, Yeah. I just got the, I have the bamboo organizers from Costco and then they're adjustable so you can adjust them to the width of your drawer. So nice. those work usually just as well. Nice. Nice. Um, I didn't use my Costco um, account. And so I asked them if they could refund it and they did. And so then they gave me a credit too. Um, and I bought an air fryer with it. So now I'm on the lookout for all sorts of air fryer recipes. Oh yeah. I, um, the only one that I have, it's like my general go-to Trader Joe's has a bag of roasted potatoes it's like roasted potatoes with like bell peppers and onions, like, you oh. know, like what you would get yeah, yeah. at a diner, right? Yeah. And so it's a really way to make a nice quick <laughs> breakfast because I'll make myself a quick omelet yeah. and then just drop some of those potatoes in the air fryer like five, six minutes while I cook my omelet. Seriously. And then by the time it's all done 
and have a really nice breakfast that way. The air fryer is a game changer. It and abs- everything that I've made in it has been absolutely amazing. Um, I don't have time today because we have so much to cover, but um, definitely I'm going to be talking about my air fryer recipes because the one that I made, I made beef stew. Um, by cooking everything individually and then putting it together in the gravy. And it was the best beef stew I've ever, ever made. Um, even oh. from your, your, you know, your old grandma style boil from the beginning. Nope. This was on point. So I'll talk about it. Um, but I want to talk about last weekend. I went to a really cool city in central Oregon called Bend. Uh-huh. And um, let me tell you, the high desert, that's what they call this. It's in the high desert. And I didn't know what to oh. expect. Um, uh-huh. I, it's not what I thought it would be, though. The high desert oh. is gorgeous. Oh. Gorgeous, stunning landscape. So it's it's the same sort of shrubbery as the desert, but it's a little more green. Okay. Okay. Um, the weather was so good. The food was great. Um, we checked out a restaurant called Chow and loved their food so much that we went to their other restaurant, the Cottonwood Cafe in a little neighboring um, town called uh, Sisters. And uh-huh. Sisters is like three mountains and they call them the Sisters or whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, both places basically took, you know, you just your standard breakfast fare and then they leveled it the fuck up. So it was bougie, but it was approachable bougie and it was delicious. Mm-hmm delicious that's all you could ask yeah so super good um the drive there was pretty the drive back was even prettier on a different route so Uh um i'm glad i explored it but um here's the thing though um i i went i told my friend laura i said that bend is the type of place that unless i have a specific reason or event to go back for that i probably wouldn't go back to explore further um, okay. You know, it's a okay. touristy town. It's, it's super bougie. It's like, you know, um, but it's not one of those places where I would say, oh man, I'm, I'll be back just based on things to do. Okay. Um, mostly because I don't like to ski. It's a ski town. Um, that uh, sort of thing. in the winter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. in the summer, I would totally go back in the summer. I would go camping and tubing and biking and, and off-roading and all that. So, cause I love all that stuff. So I should, amend that statement by I will go back in the summer to in the right time in the yes. right time you know right planning like a camp trip a camp trip or something there but um it's a cool city the people are friendly and there's tons of restaurants and breweries and stuff like that so yeah oh that's cool I'm glad your high desert is nice because our high desert in California is a fucking another dumpster fire is it really is it hot it's hot and it's full of all the racist oh so, is it yes. really racist mm-hmm. well i can't i know that ben was all white people so i mean you know but <laughs> yeah racist, uh, but still uh, it's because it's because it's so rural mm-hmm. and uh yeah but it's that's where the racists live so <clears throat> so don't go up there don't go up there i i i will not go up there i hate it up there um let's see this weekend um, what do you got going on? Do you have any events or anything? Uh, what's this weekend? The 29th. Oh, yeah. Um, the 29th, supposed to go hang out with some um, friends, of like just a group of people that I've met through different ceremonies. Oh, fun. We all like got together and then started a chat. And so we're going to go to the beach and do a cacao circle and chill and hang out and talk and stuff yeah i love that just cacao not anything else 
no, that's it. Uh, I'll, I'm going to bring Rappé in case um, somebody wants, because I, I know a lot of them enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll bring that. But no, we're just going to like hang out and share and probably like play music and stuff. And no, it'll it'll be nice. It'll just it'll just be nice to like hang out with people like, you know, you're with your spiritual friends. Like minded people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually talk about that in today's episode, how we find these people, we tend to find these people later in life, our soulmates, you know, like our spiritual oh. soulmates. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? What do you have plans this weekend? Um, you know, actually this weekend I'm going to read two pregnant mamas um to see if I can intentionally connect with their unborn babies um and have a chat with them. Okay. Um, you know, I just, the thought came to me at some point because I figured, well, since I can connect to spirit guides and loved ones, it seems logical that I can connect to the soul that's waiting to be born to, um, Mm -hmm. someone. And, um, so I'm going to open up their soul contracts in the Akashic records and, you know, um, we're going to find out, you know, why did you choose this particular person as your mama? Um, how many past lives have you had together? You know, what karma is going to be played out? You know, what can they most learn from each other? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, um, it's going to be a fun, beautiful reading, um, that hopefully I'll be able to roll out and offer to people. But first I want to see how it flows and if I can do it. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. Okay. But listeners, those readings, they're going to be recorded and they will be released as a bonus episode that is only accessible by members of our new web-based membership community that we're going to be rolling out in July. It's a big, big announcement, you guys. <laughs> big teaser. Big teaser. Um, we'll give you more information, obviously, but right now we're just going to tell you that Facebook is prioritizing paid posts, so we're ready to move in a new direction. Um, so stay tuned. Um, we're both working on some really cool offerings and perks to be a part of this community. Yeah, we love bringing you this weekly podcast, and as I'm sure you've noticed, we are free of ads and commercials. Yes. But just as a reminder, in order to keep this going, we do need your help. Yes. So if you haven't already, please make sure you rate the podcast on your favorite listening app, specifically on Apple Podcasts yeah. is where you can rate them, but also Spotify. Um, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please. This just helps to ensure that we reach a broader audience and helps to keep the podcast free of ads as it is now. We'll include the links on our show notes if you don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. But as always, we thank you for listening and sharing when you share our posts or our episode post every week. Um, You know, but yeah, definitely. We definitely want to keep these. We, We don't want, we don't want commercials. No. Because I would rather not. No, because we have to record them. And then it's just, it's, it's, I hate commercials. So, you know, we don't really want that, but, but we do, we would like to have some sponsorship. So, um, you know, this is a good way for us to sort of see if we can make that happen with offset. Mm -hmm. Yes. But with your help. So teaser, teaser. So ready to talk about picking out the details of our next life. Let's do it. Let's. Do it. Okay. So how do you feel, Theorilis, about the idea that you picked your, you picked all of it. You picked your planet, your country, your name, your birthday, your avatar, the level of difficulty, all that shit. I mean, 
I feel like there are things that I should have picked different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but um I don't I don't have any like there's no fucking way. Like, right. you know, I don't have <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there are people like that in the goddamn Dolores Cannon group they get so mad and I'm like why are you even here why are you here <laughs> Ooh, they get mad how uh, about you I, I mean listen because this is sort of like my specialty um, over the years but I do reference this later um, on in the podcast the first time some dumbass psychic told me that I chose you know my um, experience um, but it was experience of uh, trigger warning, um, sexual abuse. I was like, you know, like seriously, I looked at them like they were garbage and I was like, we're done, you know? So anyway, um, mm-hmm. but I, but I do get into in explaining all of that. Okay. Um, but, but again, no, I'm, I'm happy with uh, my life and my avatar um, overall. So, okay. So first I want to share Um, One of the most powerful sessions that I've ever had in the Akashic Records. Okay, so my client was a young woman and she had an incredibly challenging relationship with her emotionally distant and very critical mother. Um, Mm -hmm. She really wanted to understand the origin of this relationship and why the connection was so hard. So she booked a soul contract reading with me. So you went into her record and I asked to be shown the soul contract between the two. I was immediately taken to a life in Central Europe during like medieval times. She was a young woman. She worked for her parents at the family's inn that was located on a really well-traveled road between London and Edinburgh. Okay. So I just want to make these notes real quick. Um, Number one, I'm rarely given specific dates. I'm just Uh given a sense of the historical period. Okay. Um, But I am often drawn to a phase. So this one was like 12 to 1400. Okay. All right. And the other thing is is that sometimes I research the information that I get if it's specific enough. Right. And Mm -hmm. this road seems to have been called the Great North Road. If you look, if you pull up, um, if you pull up a map on Google, you'll see it. Mm -hmm. The Great North Road, which was the main road between England and Scotland until like the 20th century. So I can validate that, that they lived on the Great North Road. Oh, wow. It's not rare that I do that sort of research, but sometimes I'm just called to. Anyway, so this was a pub that was located on the Great North Road and she was basically a slave, right? She did all the cleaning, the cooking, she did the serving and she just had a really miserable existence. She rarely experienced the smallest amount of joy or affection from her family. Um, Her mother was verbally and physically abusive and the villagers referred to the mom as being mean as a snake. And so, um, you know, unless they had two people generally avoided her because she would just verbally and physically attack them without provocation. Oh Oh my God. Like a dog or something. (laughs) And so the husband was a super quiet man who went along with her for the sake of peace, right? You know, those submissive husbands that don't yeah, do anything. Yeah. They never stood up to her. He never stood up to her and he basically lived a miserable life himself. All right. So anyway, the mother would punch and beat the girl for entering for any reasons. And um, one time, or the, the scene that they showed me was the mom pulling this poor girl by her hair down the street. This girl was just oh. sobbing and crying and screaming. She lived a miserable life. 
All right. So when I asked why we were shown that horrible, awful life, her guide replied that her mother in that life was the same mother in her current life, the same soul. The mother was meant to learn love and compassion in this lifetime, but since she had not met the terms of the soul contract up to that point, um, she would more than likely continue to learn these same lessons until she gets it right. So the mom didn't learn it. All right. (laughs) Right. And so the girl was like, I don't want to have her again. Right. So so I asked, I asked spirit, I said, well, how many times had she incarnated with the same soul? And I heard seven. So then I asked them, you know, well, what can she do to get off this crazy fucking ride? Um, Mm -hmm. And spirit said, quote, heal from the effects of this difficult relationship and forgive, unquote. So basically they said that um, by by healing from this relationship and then forgiving, right? Not Uh forgiving the actions, but forgiving, you know, you know how forgiveness works. Um, That would eliminate the need for her to re-experience the relationship and will remove her from the need for future contracts. So it doesn't the mom, she still has to learn her lessons, but the mom's just going to have to find other souls to learn her lessons with. Uh, she doesn't okay, have to okay. do it with this girl anymore. Keep so doing it with her. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like her lesson in this life was to sort of dissever the cord and cancel the soul contract. Um, oh. You know, all of that stuff. But it, this was the primary takeaway. Never feel guilty about doing what's best for you when it comes to toxic people. We're not required to keep these people in our lives just because they're family. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a crazy difficult lesson because it's like because that's your mom right mm-hmm. and you feel that you that's it's owed to them like they you know she gave you life and and all this and I don't know to what capacity she cared for you but you're alive today so she cared for you in some capacity and all that and so there's like this responsibility that we feel to our parents but when that parent is toxic as fuck like mm-hmm. and that's that's a really it's a hard it's lesson hard. but like but it's it's for your own benefit because that relationship is just soul sucking, soul sucking. You know, and then I think also if people knew this about their relationships that you know this is what they needed to do in order to make it a better relationship in the future, would they be more willing to break ties? You know, in this lifetime. Listen, as somebody who's no contact with pretty much her entire family except for like you know an uncle. Um, it's difficult. It's not easy. And holidays mm-hmm. are awful. They're horrible. And you really do feel as if you have nobody. But um, I also know that I am not experiencing 99.9% of the bullshit in my life that I was experiencing, you know, yeah. with them in my life. So it's hard. The other lesson that came away from this for um, my client was that, you know, do what you can to heal and learn from this experience so you don't feel the need to contract with them in a future life, you know. Um, you know, so again, uh, you know, yeah, the healing because as spirit, we don't contract with people out of guilt or anything. We contract with them out of necessity. Like, oh yes, I do need to learn this lesson, and it jives with the lesson that you need to learn. So yeah, so it's a very business-based um, decision to make a soul contract with somebody. Would you say it feels like unfinished business? It's it's karma. Yes, it's unbalanced karma. And okay. as you'll find out as we go through this content, um, karma is the primary reason for choosing the people, the relationships, and the situations in our lives. Um, okay. You got to balance that karma. So 
Um, that's the other thing when we make contracts with each other. And I mentioned this in one of my past episodes is that we're doing it as our higher self from our higher self. And the challenge with that is our higher self has very simple goals. Um, just to clear karmic debt, to learn to grow and to collect all of it as an experience that will contribute to source energy, you know, so at the soul level, um, you understand as a soul, you understand abuse may very well occur based on the unlearned lessons and history of the other soul. Uh, right, right, right. But you also understand that it will do so because of the free will of the other, not because you asked for it, not because you signed up for it and not because of Mm. karma. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. But you know, and we understand that as humans. Um, you know, free will, it's, it's all free will. Free will is choice. Like, you know, abusers make a choice to abuse. Yeah. Killers make a choice to kill. Cheaters make a choice to cheat. And the parent makes a choice to parent from their own trauma instead of a healing. So, you know, there are, there are exceptions to this universal law of free will. Okay. But they're rare and they typically only come in the form of very, very like old, master level souls where they plan a life of abuse on their path to ascension. Mm. These life also tend to be typically very short too. So like when we're, when you um, like in the news and stuff, you know, children, a child, a toddler, or even a young child that was just led the most awful life you could imagine. Yeah. Um, They're very short lives. You know, they only last like just, you know, a few years, but um, that's, probably a very 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 old soul okay okay and also like the painful experience is obviously a short one it's a very yeah it's a short one yeah yeah okay so the first question is why the fuck would we would we choose any of that um and i'm gonna throw up a couple trigger warnings throughout this but the first one is trigger warning sexual assault abuse molestation exploitation all right so now for those of you that have gotten to this point you're mad as fuck at me (laughs) (laughs) You're screaming at me through the device that you would never choose the parents you had or the experiences that you've endured. Listen, I realize this is not something that most of us actually really give a fuck about understanding, right? We're not like, oh, let me understand this. People are like, I don't give a shit about understanding that. Um, Especially if you personally have experienced any kind of neglect and abuse, you know, as a child like I have. It's just a really hard pill to swallow. And like I said earlier, I remember, you know, the first time some dumbass card reader told me that I chose the path of sexual abuse. I was livid. Uh, okay. Cause I think, okay. <clears throat> Cause I think there's kind of like a way to understand that or to say that. Yes. Because it's not like you sat here in your conscious life and said, I want to be well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever happened to me, like, I don't want, I, I want to be molested. Like you didn't sit there and say that you didn't bring it upon yourself. You didn't make that person do it to you. You, it wasn't, it wasn't in that way. It was on the exper- on the, on the, the soul level outside of, of who you are right now or and on the conscious level, there was this contract written that about having this experience. And potentially, coming together with this person again to potentially heal it so that this person then becomes maybe a caretaker instead of an abuser or something. Right. But their free will fucked it up. Yeah. 
Yeah. So in that moment, they had that choice. The abuser had a choice to not do it. Yes. And they chose to. Free will, right? We'll talk about reader ethics and integrity in a future episode because I think that it's a really interesting um, um, topic. You know, as a reader, Mm -hmm. what do you say? There's plenty of times I keep my mouth shut and I don't say things because I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable saying that or I shouldn't say that or I shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you have to like know when it's useful, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Is it, is if someone says like that, they're, that their dad molested them or, you know, something like that, like, is it fucking useful for them to hear that like they chose that on the soul level? Uh, no. No, it's no not. absolutely not. No. No. Because they didn't choose it. They, the, the abuser chose to make the choice. Or, yeah. The abuser yes. made the choice to abuse. Um, uh-huh. This, all of the souls who perpetrate crimes against us made the choice to do so. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's it, how you got to look at it. Yes. It's that person made the choice to be the abuser. Yes. Yes. And as humans, especially as children, vulnerable, vulnerable, you know, humans or, you know, demographics, sometimes there's nothing we can fucking do. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, the perpetrators chose to be the worst of the fucking worst in humanity. And, you know, um, like I said, during the negotiation of that sole contract, the potential is always there, but in no way does that clear the aggressor of their responsibility. Um, You know, they chose to victimize. That's their karmic death, their karmic lessons, you know. Um, And the longer, this is sort of um, justice in a small way. The longer that these souls fail to heal from these predilections, um, the more challenging their, their future incarnations are going to become. Okay. So it's like, well, right? That's the original fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, listeners, lovely, lovely listeners, um, again, if the concepts that we're talking about, you know, they don't jive with your vibe, it, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. You can just let it go. Keep listening for cool, more cool reincarnation examples I'm going to share throughout the episode. But, um, you know, if something doesn't jive with you, that let it go. It doesn't have to. Yeah. All right. Free will. This, it also gives us the ability to make really enjoyable choices in our lives. All right. So when we choose our next incarnation, these are the things that we get to choose. Our parents, our siblings, our friends, our partners, our children, our appearance. We get to choose our birthday. We choose our own numerology, astrology, and human design. And we even get to choose the day that we die. Huh. You plan all of it with the help of your spirit guides in the life between life phase before birth. Um The thing to remember from the spiritual sense is that you can't blame anyone for your current life experiences and situations because there are no victims, only choice. So, I mean, technically you can blame the person who made the choice, right? But um, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, The thing though about like death, just, I I don't know if you're going to touch on this or not, but like the, the, you've talked about this before, how we are also given the option of exit points. Yeah. Exit points. Um, I started to go into exit points, but we had so I had so much content. <laughs> um, so there's 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 a concept out there that there are five exit points. I couldn't find enough to um, prove that, mm, um, okay. and so that's why I was like, all right, I can't go down this rabbit hole. But exit points are a cool topic, uh, a cool podcast topic. 
um, but there are, there are exit points. Um, but, and, and listen, here's the other thing about this, because I know that there are, there, there are people out there that are saying, you know what? No, um, children would not choose to get cancer. Uh, you know, you know, those people that, that bring up the, the you know, the world's worst the atrocities worst, as the an worst example things. of, you know, what people would never choose to experience. Um, right. I don't get to cherry pick those answers just because I don't like them. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with our date and time of birth, our numerology and our astrology. Um, we're going to start by determining the most important goals of our new incarnation. All right. So we're going to pick a new person to, to be, to go into earth as. So first off, you're going to figure out, well, what do you want to achieve? What mm -hmm. karma are you trying to balance? Um, what lessons are you trying to learn and what relationships need to be worked through, you know, or what contracts need to be broken? Um, our soul blueprint is based on, is created based on those answers. Um, and that's where we begin to craft like our perfect avatar. So the year, the month, the day, the minute, and the location that you're born, these numbers are sort of programmed by the position of the stars and the planets in the sky. Numerology and astrology impacts your personality, your physicality, your emotions, how you process them your outward facing persona, you know, as well as your inward, um, goals, wounds, achievements, all of it. That's all determined by, um, your numerology and astrology. Okay. I like to think of it like a cosmic combination look that like unleashes the magic of life when you put in just the right coordinates. Uh-huh. And that makes sense because of astrology. Yeah. It really does. It all makes sense. And you're starting to see, I'm starting to see maybe because I'm, this is my area of interest, but I'm starting to see a lot more intuitives out there using the combination of astrology, numerology, and human design. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, that's kind of what proves this is the fact that when you pull your astrology, which is based off of your birth location and time, and then it creates this whole profile of like who you are and, and all this and, and your traits and, and whatever your challenges. Um, and I'll be damned <laughs> if someone reads an entire chart and says none of this is true. Yep. Nope. Mm -mm. No. In, in, in when you pull your numerology chart, you'll see how your numerology supports your astrology and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and at the beginning of my readings, um, I tell people, I'm going to read your numerology. Okay. So I'm reading the numbers, but if there's any part of it that doesn't jive with you, let me know, put a pin in it because that's not that it doesn't have anything to do with you. That tells you where you're out of alignment with your soul blueprint. And I have had out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of readings I've done, um, I've had maybe two people say that doesn't sound like me at all. Most of them are like, that is spot on. And all I've done is read their numerology. So yeah, it's just yeah. freaking really cool. Oh, <laughs> I geek out about it, but yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So our physical body. So when we consider all of those things, we realize just how important our physical body is to our intended experiences. In order to have these yeah. experiences, balance this karma and do this thing and blah, blah, blah. We have to have the perfect physical body. Okay. When we choose the physical body we will live our human life in, we choose our gender, race, height, weight, coloring, physique, hair, eyes, all of it. And while it might seem unlikely that somebody born with a disability would choose it, 
or to choose mm. to be born with a disability. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that our physical bodies are the vehicle through which our soul travels our very specific and unique human experience written in our soul blueprint. So if you're meant to have, um, can, if you have to balance karmic debt of like dependence, of course, you're going to have a physical body that's going to create the experience of needing to depend on others in this life. Mm, okay. Um, okay. So now for example, um, I have, um, or the experiences that I have had as a chubby Brown female are vastly, vastly different than if I had chosen to be born as a white male, like my half brother. Mm-hmm. And I don't consider him to be my half brother, but I just wanted to make the um, example here for um, listeners. Um, different life experiences that took place within the same family, right? We just have different birth dads. We have the same mom. We just have different dads. Um, uh-huh. Same family, same home, same childhood community, same upbringing, um, all of that. But our experiences growing up in a small town literally could not have been more different. Yeah. Um, we were parented differently also because of you know the perceived societal value of you know white males versus black females. Yeah. And also double standards against women. Right. Exactly. And you know what? That's not necessarily bitterness. It's just fact. But black women, brown women, we are the least valued members of society. And that subconscious bias also existed in the home that I was raised in. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, my soul chose this avatar for the experiences that it would offer. And while sure, of course, we've all had them. While some have been less than positive, my personal avatar, me, um, has also brought me through joy, love, fun, creativity, friendship, laughter, achievement, and I just might say all in a very youthful appearance. So I don't look my age. So I got no regrets. Mm-hmm. I have no regrets and I got no beef with with myself for picking this avatar. That melanin takes care of you. Black don't crack. <laughs> it really doesn't. And, you know, I look at some of my friends. I love them um, my age, but I am looking, you know, at least like 10 to 15 years younger than them, which and I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm just saying this, no, this avatar just, has yeah. served me well. Yeah. So, okay. Here's the other thing though. I was thinking though, what about you? Could you be a dude? Could you come back as a dude? Yeah. You could. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I've done that uh, uh, that Snapchat filter that turns you into a man. <laughs> You're a pretty man, aren't you? I look like a Persian man. <laughs> I do. I look like a Persian because it adds a beard to you. Yeah. Um, uh, I look like. I look like I could be maybe Joseph's brother. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, could I come back Hi, as a man? I, <laughs> I think so. It would be. I think. Uh, I mean, what would be the problem? I apparently I was a man in my past, and my like, I don't, I don't. Like, we'll get into timelines later, but I guess in like one of my most recent past lives, I was a man. Were you? Do you, Do you have memories from it, or visions, or flashbacks, or anything? No, because apparently there isn't really anything for me to like to learn from there to learn from it or to that I carried over from it. Yeah, um, it's just I just happen to be a man, like some kind of like spiritual leader man. Oh well, well, listen. Um, if you ever want to get into it, let me know because there are very specific queries that you can ask about that lifetime that will actually unlock. Spirit will say, "Yeah, we'll get into this. We'll give you the details, uh, but you just need to ask okay. the right questions because they're like, we're not going to get into this." for dumb entertainment, right? They don't care okay. about that. 
Okay. And that's what and that's what basically I've been told before was like that I don't need to know anything about it because there's nothing left for me to to learn. know about that life. Yeah, yeah that okay. specific life. Okay. And that's very well that's that's quite possible, but um I, I, look, I I'm going to take my magic we'll, key we'll and see if I can come in the back way. Um yeah. So in my next life, I definitely want to be a woman. Um, I am a female soul to the core. I have zero desire to rock a jock. Um, don't get me wrong. I dig the male anatomy. I love men, <laughs> but I just don't want to be male. Um, I don't, I don't think I could be a dude. I know I have been mm-hmm. um, in many lifetimes, but if I get to choose consciously, I want to be a lady. Hmm. Be yeah. a girl. I'm open. I could be either. I could see. I could see either one working for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I would love to ask everybody that question. Could you? Would you? I'm sure, yeah. you know, yeah. everybody, um, you know, now the kids, the kids these days, they're like, you know, why do we have to label you as gender, right? I don't want to be any, I want to be who I want to be. I know. I know. Yeah. All right. Parents, right? We pick our parents. Um we pick the parents that give us the best opportunity for lessons and growth. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. It's common for some of my gay clients to be born into very conservative, strict religious households. Why would um, the soul choose parents like that instead of being born to free spirited, diversity loving parents? Okay. Some are. Um, some are. Yeah. Some are. Yes. Because their specific lessons have less to do with their identity as a gay human and more to do with what they will go out into the world to achieve as a result, right? Such as fighting for LGBTQ rights and liberties and all of that. So Uh if you were born with these born gay with very supportive parents who just taught you that it doesn't matter and that you can be whoever you want to be, this human needs a loving, grounded sense of self, a strong sense of self in order to align with their purpose on the next phase of their life, right? Their young adulthood, past college and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of the inherent triumphs and joys and challenges that are born with that, right? So that's one side of it. But the other side of it is if their lesson is to learn to cultivate self-love, self-worth, learn to stand in their power as a positive self-identity, then it makes sense from a soul perspective that they would be born to parents that did not support those things. Strict, religious, conservative, you know, parents. Mm-hmm. Um, their soul's challenge would be to stand in their truest version of their self while creating a strong personal identity of authenticity, sort of despite the lack of parental support. Um, okay. These souls often tend to go out and find their version of family. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Uh, yeah. Where they kind of basically detach themselves mm-hmm. from like blood relatives yep. and they just find the the family. Yes. That, the family. You know, that, they, that they need. They find their people. Um, so that's that. That's just a, a good example of, of, of why we pick the parents that give us the best opportunity for growth. So you can sort of take that and sort of um, align it with your experiences, your lessons, what you need to learn and why you, um, you know, um, have the parents that you chose. The parents that I have um, very much aligned with my um, 
uh, with my my path and my purpose of individuation um, identity or self self identity um, you know um, and then independence so okay it's the same with siblings too siblings if one of the this is interesting if one of the primary karmic lessons in your life is to learn to get along with others, it makes sense that you would be born into a competitive or sometimes contentious sibling situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Some siblings are each other's best friends. I've seen it. Um, you know, while others are like oil and water. So yes, it does have a lot to do with parenting style, but if you have a sibling that you struggle with, but you were both raised by emotionally healthy parents, they offered both of you the same amount of love. There was no obvious favoritism or bias and they were, there was equal acceptance and understanding or equal, you know, bullshit and abuse, I guess, you know, um, that challenging sibling relationship is more than likely based in past life. Uh, uh-huh. I see that. I can see that because mm -hmm. it's like, it's residual. It's residual. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, and it's rare when people bring their sibling relationships into a reading. So I don't get as many examples of that, but mm -hmm. um, there are people that are like, you know, my siblings are crazy and they're making me, you know, my life miserable <laughs> and why. And it's typically, it boils down to um, perception, past life, jealousy, that sort of thing, competition. I, I wonder how that works for my mom because she has 10 siblings. Oh my God. <laughs> you're oh my god we can talk about your mom and hers <laughs> and her siblings i love how they get mad at each other and then they're like you're dead to me and then they don't and then, yeah they don't talk for like 20 years <laughs> they're crazy <laughs> they're so weird they're so weird <laughs> i don't know but i guess that's what happens when you have 10 other ones to pick from i mean right? that's like, true that's true i don't need to talk to you 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 or you because I got yeah, those. Yeah, there's I got the other ones over there. <laughs> How many choices? Oh, well, she's got choices, right? Okay, friends. Friends. Friends are another story, right? We pick our friends. Those we choose, like you said, we call them family. Our friend groups give us a lot of insight into the lessons that we're meant to learn. Um, so my oldest friendships are childhood-based like ones that are like 30, 40 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And I love them dearly. But as I go through life and I meet other people, especially moving here on the West Coast, I see that new friends offer me a whole different level of self-understanding. I see myself differently. I have different expectations. Um, I have to be different or better, you know, um, which just helps me grow and heal my shit. Souls from the same group, the same soul group or soul family like to reincarnate together to sort of help each other. Um, you know, you, we have similarly aligned karmic debt and lessons, you know, all that stuff. Um, but those friends that we meet later in life, I believe that they tend to be more of our soulmates. Yeah, I see that because you've learned your lessons. Or you're meeting people where you have to learn your lessons deeper, bigger. Yeah. Put them yes, into practice. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. So in a past episode, I talked about how relationships are mirrors and many of them are past life based. And so as souls, we choose the friends, you know, that are going to provide us with the experiences that we most need. And we always think of terms of challenges, right? But also we need love and support and conflict yeah, yeah. and yep. lessons, triggers, understanding, compassion, empathy, forgiveness. We need all those things too. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. You see, like, when you're a teenager and you're going through some hard stuff, like, you know, maybe, like, life at home is really hard. And then you meet this one friend who, like, you can be yourself around and it teaches you the meaning of 
um, unconditional love, unconditional friendship and all that. Yeah. Right. I can see that. And friendships are hard. Friendships are not easy at all. Like, um, I mean, those that you can, um, you know, gain some, I think those that you feel comfortable in, I think that that's um, really important. Okay, guys. Well, that's where we're going to stop for today for part one. Um, In part two, we're going to talk about children, which is probably one of my favorite topics um, when we get into the Akashic Records. Um, I want to, we're also going to talk about how we choose our lives. We choose our deaths. Um, We're going to also answer some questions from the esoterics community, and I'm going to give you some reading recommendations. So there's a lot to cover. We're going to do this in a two-parter. Thank you, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share on your stories, subscribe, and leave us a review. This helps our podcast grow and helps us continue bringing you these weekly episodes. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Not even your past life. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. Bye. Bye.